Hello, and welcome to Rhythm and Pixels, a video game music podcast. This is episode 36-3, and we're your hosts. My name is Rob Nichols. And I'm back on the wheels of steel. Every, whoa, love that energy. Every week, <laughs> love that energy for now. Mm. <laughs> I'm taking every, it from up deep. <laughs> every week, we listen to great video game music from all consoles and all generations. We pick a topic, we pick some music, we pick some guests, and we have a good time listening to it. It's, this is what happens when we start earlier in the day. No, no, it's not. I'll explain in a minute once you've introduced the guest, but no, it's not. Um, well, let's get into it uh, right away then. Uh, our guest, um, you may know him from me saying his name at the end of every episode. It's Christopher Shenstrom, host of Gameable Audio, the VGM podcast. Chris, how's it going? Hello, everybody. Welcome. <laughs> Thank you so much. It, 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 it is an uh, absolute honor to actually guest your, your podcast for once. <laughs> oh, I've been listening to it for quite some time and Aww. listening to some of the live versions as well. Definitely one of my favorite VGM podcasts that I'm it's listening a- to. Thank and you. Thank you so much. Also one good inspiration to my own. So, <laughs> Oh, I didn't know that. That actually is nice to hear. Yeah. Thank you for joining us. Like. The idea came about to have you on the show. It's like, oh, that's an easy, that's a no-brainer. Yeah, come on the show. I, sometimes I feel weird. Like our show, like people tune in, they like, oh, maybe it's more academic, and we'll learn about music and about games, and we're like talking about like TV shows and <laughs> stuff. But let's be honest, though, people. <laughs> Candy. <laughs> but I'll be honest, though, people do. I think at yeah. least people still do learn about games on the show because I think it's safe to say. We talk about a lot of gays that aren't commonplace <laughs> at all. No, that's true. Yeah, yeah, and you and you discover a lot, a lot of them. But um, so Chris, so your show is called Gameable Audio. Um, you're based yes. out of is it Sweden, right? Yes, correct. That's right. So we got a big that's time right. difference here, which is interesting. It definitely, <laughs> six hours difference. Yeah, yeah. So t- tell us a little about about your 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 game experience. Like, what what do you love about it, and, and your musical experience as well? Like, what do you bring into the table? No, the, the, the most interesting thing about this, uh, first of all, I started gaming when I was quite young. I would say around seven years old. Uh, I'm born in 88, so I'm 35 years old today, uh, this year. Um, and uh, I started when I was about seven years old. Uh, one of the first ones I, I started getting into is the, the original Super Nintendo 8-bit. Uh, sorry, Nintendo 8-bit, and then the Super Nintendo after that. Um, but the... The time for me with the Nintendo was quite short, so Super Nintendo is actually the one that I have closest to my heart. Mm. And basically from there I kind of went over, because of my half-brother who is eight years older, I got quite early into uh, um, PC. Mm. And I'm kind of the PC master race, but I love all different generation of consoles as well. So it's just amazing just getting it. It's always uh, it's always fun to me to see like the retro like retro PC games now becoming like its own retro yeah. thing. Like um like Doom and SimCity and all these classic ones I used to I used to really enjoy playing as a kid. I'm like, "Oh wait, I, that's not retro, right? It's that's on the computer." But no, it's <laughs> well, it's very very it's retro. Very very much retro now, yeah. Also, I it, think it's nice to, Like I wasn't much for PC for a long time, but now with the Steam Deck in my house, Suddenly, like I just I spend more time playing PC games than console. It's gotten very, <laughs> very strange. Um, but it's really interesting to hear. So you said you went from pretty much Super Nintendo. Not to say you didn't play other console games at all, but you went pretty much mm. from Super Nintendo to like, nope, PC is where is where the place the place to be now. Yeah. So what <laughs> yep. are some of your favorite PC uh, games then? Uh, my, my my favorite PC games. Oh my god, there's so many. I. First of all, I'm I'm a huge fan of the Diablo series, for example. Oh, uh, you're ready I for four? That so freaking much! 
I'm definitely ready for 4. I was a bit skeptical to it because I was skeptical to Diablo 3. Still, I completed everything on one of the few that 100%ed all achievements uh, on PC, mm. which is, was crazy. A lot of freaking time went into that, but yeah, I'm happy. I'm honored myself. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, definitely. I tried the beta and it looks very promising, uh, in my opinion. So I'm super excited for it. That's good to hear. That's good to hear. You do some streaming too, right? I see you, uh, your Twitch pop up a lot on our Discord. So yes, um, is yes. this something you do uh, so like a lot? For fun or for what? No, no. I, I'll do it mainly, no, mainly I hate for it. fun. <laughs> I I kind of theoretically want to go in and actually do it, not full time mm. because I love being a game developer as well because that's kind of what I'm doing on a on a daily basis. I I work with games, um, but on the side I really like to inform people and I want to educate myself and that is one of the main main things about me. I'm a multi genre type of gamer. I don't like playing just one simple type of game. That's the way to be. Uh, so I... Uh, exactly. And considering inspirations and so on, especially what, what uh, Pernell said uh, like early in the episode about uh, it's like how many people are listening to the music or about the things we're talking about. And let's just say the reason why I bought Monster Tail is you, Pernell. <laughs> really? The, see, that's what I'm... Yes. Informative, Rob! I told you! <laughs> I told I did, you! I didn't and doubt did, did, you. I just made fun of you. Like, see... That's yeah, why I gotta uh, clarify and, uh, harder. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I really, I'm really buying what, what Pernell was saying there because for me, listening to music is very special to to my heart because when I grew up, I never really listened to the video game music hmm. playing when I I was playing because when I was growing up, my my parents did not like listening to video game music. They mm -hmm. They were more like the Christian type and mm. saying like, "Oh, this sounds like the devil's music." Yeah, turn like turn the audio. Yes, you can so play, but turn the exactly. turn turn the volume down, right? Exactly, yeah. exactly. So I, I always listen to the mainstream music that they usually played on radio and so on. So for me, uh, it was basically like I would say about uh, eight, uh, thirteen years ago when I started diving deeper into video game music, uh, and just going back like eight nine years, I started getting more interest about the composers themselves and that's kind of the unique selling point for what i have with my podcast and when i'm streaming i'm very educational uh, about the uh, the games themselves how development works and so on so that's what i like to do yeah i like to educate people but then one thing i wanted to ask about out of curiosity and then i'll mention the thing from before because music is a good segue to why it's <laughs> going on um so you mentioned the idea of wanting to potentially do the live streaming more so on a full-time level. Do you ever feel, though, that despite the enjoyment of informing people and such, that going full-time might take away some of the passion because now you're beholden to like a lengthy schedule where you have to be playing as opposed to where you want to be playing? I mean, theoretically, when you're going into something full stream, it's going to become a job. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and having it as a job is, of course, research and development. Uh, and that comes into everything, I would say, no matter what you're working with. Uh, for me, just doing the podcast is almost like a halftime job. Uh, because mm -hmm. going into and actually providing information, mm -hmm. I'm very thorough in, in trying to provide the correct information. And there's so much information out on the internet. It's crazy. That's right. Yes. And it's... I think you guys can agree on that as well. Yeah, mm -hmm. absolutely. We do a lot of research. Well, hey, 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 every once in a while, don't get me wrong. We do sometimes. We but, do sometimes. But I also acknowledge that if we went as hardcore as, like, say, you do on the yeah. research level, it would get mm -hmm. rough because... Not to mention, not just that there's information out there, but there's a lot of incorrect information there out is. there too. There is. You gotta mm -hmm. sift through that. Especially with older music, I found that when when uh, much yes. older game music was originally ripped, 
it was probably people speculated mm-hmm. on what the name of that song was or who the who the who the exact composers were and, and this and that. Yeah. And of course, because it was written maybe 20, 30 years ago, that that information persists um, throughout time. Yeah. Um, so that's really interesting when that gets updated to me. Um, on our show, I like mm. to I like to consider us more like music appreciation. Yes, music, yeah. game, yeah. and fun appreciation. Yeah, like a listening party. Like you're hanging out with friends, listening to music, and you're discovering new stuff along the way. <laughs> mm-hmm. Which is also why we like to tell the world anecdotes because deep down, I like hearing when other people have anecdotes as well about themselves. Like, oh yeah, this happened to me too in regards to X game. It's like, yeah, <laughs> see, we're all kind of communicating about our experiences together. It's part of what makes it fun, yeah. you know? Well, you said um, you, you're, you feel like your podcast is like a half-time job. So tell us about Gameable Audio. Yes. What, what can our listeners, uh, the critical points about this sh- about your show? I mean, the, cri- the, the critical points about, uh, about this podcast is basically putting the composers in the spotlight. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is like the unique selling point. Uh, and I, I will make sure to at least every second episode right now is going to have uh, either uh, somebody working uh, with composition uh, working third party for sound or design, mm-hmm. uh, or making uh, like bit tune music, like working as an artist. Right. So anything that is kind of related to what game music is or what it kind of became with the subgenres. Uh, so considering all the episodes I even did uh, when I had the Swedish version of the podcast, because I kind of recently went over to, to do it on English to reach uh, a wider audience. And I, I mean, I have, I think it's 157 episodes or something yeah. like that. And every fourth episode was always in, uh, invited with uh, a, a composer working for real. Yes. So I like the sound of that, too. That's good. And to get that perspective, rather yes. than just us just listening and speculating on like what was going on, it's good. It's good. Especially exactly. uh, listening to um, um, them talk about their work in the modern day as well. Um, the, all the, yeah. the, tool, the tools available are so much uh, so much more conducive towards creative work maybe than it was in the past where people were writing strictly in code and hoping for the best mm. um, or writing music and then just not knowing what was going to get used or not. Um, but anyway, yeah. so... And also getting yeah. the other perspective mm. from, from a composer. I mean, how hard it is, how competitive the market is. It's crazy. Oh, it's got to be so much more competitive so, now. Yeah. Also, just on a whim, since you're <clears throat> yeah. featuring composers here, mm-hmm. you might want to consider Grant Kirkhope pretty soon if you can get him because... Uh, yes. I only came across it this morning, but apparently um, the Donkey Kong rap is featured in the Mario Brothers movie. Oh, yeah? And uh, they did <laughs> yeah. a thing where Seth Rogen was like talking about... Because he's doing Donkey Kong's voice, and he's like... I learned that my character comes out to this, which is arguably, objectively, probably the worst rap song in history. <laughs> and like Greg Kirkhope is like through the moon about the oh, fact I that like Seth that. Rogen is talking about his song and how it's in the movie. Um, it's yeah. like a good time to be like, hey, let's get Greg Kirkhope on the show. Yeah. He's going to blow up. That's what's going to happen. <laughs> it's been nuts. Uh, we'll be recording this episode on April 1st. It's, it's cool that like that's a real thing. Yes, yeah, it actually yeah. did happen. Because everything on the internet right now is not. So I should mention <laughs> yeah, something exactly. before I pass out, by the way, so you'll know what's going on with me. And it's related to music, too. So Rob already knows because I've started using the social medias again recently, but lightly. Yeah. Um, but yesterday, I went to the gym, mm-hmm. um, and I was very tired and blew it. I had like a calzone, half a calzone for lunch. I was done. And I went to work out. I put in like a good 30 minutes and I got like 500 calories burned off. And I was pretty much laying on the floor tired. But I was like, I can get a little bit more. Maybe I can get the 600 calories instead of 500. And the trainer goes, well, we can put whatever music you want on since you're the last person in here. And I was like, okay, um, 
put on a album, Cold Steel 2 Battle Themes, please. And he goes, what? I was like, yeah, it's on YouTube. Just go find it. So he goes and he puts the music on, which is like a long string of like battle tunes from Cold Steel 2. And I just exploded. I got an extra 500 calories in like 20 minutes. I was doing like running mountain climbers, push-ups. I had a thing going where I called it like a sort of like an overdrive thing where like I had ran up on the bag that was kind of like horizontal and I would punch it at an angle and keep it in the air with my fists for over a minute like and it would just stay up and then like I did the same thing with a hanging bag but doing roundhouse kicks so like I'd roundhouse kick as hard as I could and when the bag's coming back down I'd like reposition myself to do it again and so just keep the bag in the air so and the then Fal- I'd switch Falcon music is keeping you keeping you fit yeah, it did a lot. Like I was, ex- it was shocking how much more I put out because mm. I was playing. Because at the time he put that on, I thought I was done. I was yeah. exhausted. <laughs> and uh, we got to talking afterwards about how uh, I was like, "See, you should be putting this kind of music on." The Jimmy's like, "But people won't work out to this. They want music they can like sing to or they can relate to." It's like, music I can't relate to half of the music you've got, and <laughs> I still work out to it. I'm telling you, it's all tempo and and just sound. They don't care what it is as long as they can move to it. But. People don't know that. You gotta, I got to figure out a way to get people to realize that. Like, just have a VGM day. Like, hey, just some put places, this OST on. Some places they use an app called Rockbot. That's what they use. They use Rockbot, and sometimes they use like a curated <laughs> list that they've created. Yeah, but what you can do, and, and like my the old gym I used to go to, is you can go in and it would it would your phone would recognize that it was being run at this place, and you can actually control it yourself. Ooh. So whoever would show up could actually be the DJ. But not many people knew about that. So it would just be playing like top 40 hits or whatever. And then I would walk in and then just be drum and bass for like an hour. <laughs> I might have mess around with those. See if and I can make like, it shift. Oh, like, I, I, I'm like, it's, it's just, it was just kind of fun. It was only, not everything was available, but it was mostly whatever could be played through Spotify. It could just end up being on the radio in the gym. But I mean, I don't think they would have that at a Planet Fitness, but at the small little place I used to go to. The, that's what I'm saying. The small place I'm at, they might be able to do yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, they might too. They might. But your place also has more of like a trainer, trainee situation. So it's yeah. more hands on. But I will say yeah. the downside, unfortunately, is like I got home and I was like, okay, I got a little bit of energy left in me. So I went and started trying to play a game I got to review next week. And I went and got a beverage and I had some vegetables for dinner. And then next thing I knew, I was on the couch. It was three in the morning. I was like, how did I get here? Like, I just passed out, and then I went up to bed proper and woke up this morning at, like, 10.30 to come here. Yeah. And uh, I I have been dragging all morning. Hence, hence the sugar in front of us? No, no. The sugar is here in honor of our guest. Ah. The sugar is in honor of our guest. This is candy that he knows about. He showed me a commercial that is awesome. <laughs> Involved a happy car. This is Al, Al Green's Bilar. Yes, this is the most <laughs> delicious gummy candy. I am of the impression at this point that the Swedes have better candy than we do, with the exception of maybe peanut butter. Mm. Uh, peanut butter, I've been learning, is a very American thing. A, delicious, a lot of yes, places around the world hate it. Can't I would stand it. At one point, I was about to say maybe also in chocolate, but then I remembered that we kind of like oversweetened chocolate. Yeah, and actual yes. chocolate is milder, kind of like how these algrins are like. They're not as sweet as some of our gummies, but I like that. Well, like, let, it's just the right level. Here, let, let, let's continue our candy talk later. We need to start talking about our topic. Okay. <laughs> but Chris is so fun. Um, so wasn't candy a topic again? No, <laughs> candy with Chris. And I'm hoping I got it right because I was, I've been in and out of the Discord chat and I'm missing a few things. But I'm assuming I think it's it's plants. We're talking about um, living 
not living things. We're talking plants. about greenery. We're talking about <laughs> <laughs> hey, depending on it, it could be li- plants live. Plants? They just recently ar- announced that plants actually scream when they don't get water. That comes out every once in a while, and people are like, "Oh my god!" And then it doesn't matter. I still eat, I'll eat my I'll eat my salad and play a tiny little violin for for the kale. Oh, you gotta eat something. Um, but you know, it's it's springtime. Um, my my garden outside is starting to grow and scream. And, <laughs> um, my 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 crab apple tree is starting to bloom, and I, I love and that. And scream. And so yeah, this is a perfect topic. Um, video game plant life. You know the digital plants. The best kind of plant. <laughs> best kind. Yeah. Green Hill Zone. <laughs> so that's all I got. Um, it's my only song. Um, Chris, uh, we like to have our guests start our show off. Would you like to pick a track for us, and, and we'll start listening? Uh, yes. Definitely. Uh, so the first track I've picked for, for this topic is actually from Mario Strikers Charged for uh, the Wii game. Uh, and the track name is Pete Piranha's Theme. Oh, I like Pete. We're back. You're listening to the the theme of PD Piranha, Peter Peterson, PD Piranha from <laughs> Mario Strikers, Charged Football, and Nintendo Wii. PD Piranhason. The composers on this soundtrack are Mike Peacock, Darren Ratke, and Chad York. And this is this is laid back. I love this island kind of vibe <laughs> going on. I'm I'm into it. I'm confused. Like we were talking about this a little on the break. So I haven't seen PD in Mario Strikers. Charged. First of all, is it like canonically? His name is Peter. No, it's no, it's Petey Piranha. Petey Piranha. P- Petey, P- Peter Piranhason. Okay, but a piranha is a fish. Yeah, but piranha plants are Mario. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so, but like, so if you've ever, if anyone who's listening has ever played Mario Strikers or has seen art for Mario Strikers games, you know. 
that Nintendo went with a very aggressive style of art. Mm. Harsh colors, all the characters look angry, like they're ready to take down somebody, and they're on the move constantly. So the music generally matches this very like hard. So I, I'm having trouble. It's, it's like, how does Petey Parada come out to this in that atmosphere with that style of art? I am very baffled right now. <laughs> just, I love the track, so the, and I'm just confused. The, the, the thing is about Peter Piranha, he, he's actually walking around in his, his like uh, small plant base, and he, he has two small feet oh running God. around uh, while he has his arm, and he's just chasing people. Is he, is he wearing is he wearing cleats like 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 shoes, or is it like little plant? Feet I, running around. It little plant feet, if I remember correctly. <laughs> That's uh, This was far from my from my uh, favorite character. Waluigi is my favorite one in uh, this game. Maybe in honor of the game, he was able to grow thorns like a rose, just for his feet. <laughs> he made his own cleats. <laughs> this is amazing. So yeah, classic classic video game plant right here. Um, I, I, yeah. I do like that in the classic Super Mario Brothers that the piranha plant can also be used as a ladder. You know. Oh yeah, when you get like the vines. Yeah. Yeah. So he's also a tool, <laughs> and oh, yeah. but I would imagine on the soccer field he would be really difficult. Like he probably doesn't move very well. He probably doesn't. I mean, wait, he doesn't have he eyes. Does. Yeah, he has eyes. You just can't see them. <laughs> you just can't see. They're in. They his might mouth. be in his mouth. Oh god, what a monster! Or, or maybe he's like a bat. Maybe he goes on, on echo and so on. He just oh, echolocation piranha to, plants. Yeah. Yeah, I, he, I can see it. it also, I mean, he might be sitting off that weird <laughs> echo scream so he can get it bounced back to him. Yeah, and, and not only when he gets tackled, but if you don't water him, he does scream. Oh, Christ. <laughs> I mean, I mean considering uh, the en enemies in the Mario world, mm. I mean, the, the Shane Shump does have eyes, but can hardly find Mario. Piranha <laughs> Plants does not have eyes, but can clearly see where the hell Mario is every time. Pretty much. <laughs> uh, with, with, so uh, eyes is not required, apparently. <laughs> Why is there no chain chomp when he's on that block? If you're even remotely close, oh, he's he like lunging for exactly. your ass. Although if you're on yeah, top yeah. of the pipe, the, the PD Piranha does not come out at all. He's like, oh, got to respect the Mario. Not coming up. Yeah. <laughs> not coming up. That wouldn't be fair. Well, Petey's a special piranha plant. Though. Oh, he's special? He was introduced in Mario Sunshine oh. as a polluting plant. Like, he was just, like, barfing up, like, weird ink blots. I'm serious. I'm not so even he exaggerating was a, that. That's the opposite of what a plant would be. Yeah, he was very, my very next, weird. That, that answers my next question. Would he make a good salad? Would, no, uh, I'm not eating a Petey Piranha salad. Petey Piranha for dinner, Chris? No, no, no. no He's shaking no. his head. No, Chris knows. Like you're not, you're not eating Petey Piranha what salad. What would it taste They're like? So I, I was gonna be like, he's probably like a harder woody plant, like an asparagus. But he's got he's loaded with like poisonous gunk. Yeah, so that's not good. He's like fugu, but yeah. a, but a plant. I mean, he can he really take a punch. Leaves. Yeah, he can take a punch though. Yeah, uh, and he can't yeah, play yeah, soccer. I'm thinking like he has. <laughs> or wait, or hallucinogen. Maybe Petey Piranha punch. There you go. Put some of the leaves in the punch. Uh, all right, let's let's get away no, from this island, island feeling, and we're yeah. going to get into uh, Purnell. <laughs> Purnell's first track. Well, my first track has to be a specific one because when the topic came to light, Chris specifically said, "Well, you got to go with this track, don't you?" I'm like, you know what? I guess I kind of do. I have no choice. I have to. So I honored that statement. And my first track for the episode comes from the game Cuphead. It is called Botanic Panic, and it's composed by Chris Madigan. Botanic Panic. 
I love the tuba ending so much. So, so much. And what was that tuba intro um, ending from? It was from Botanic Panic from the game Cuphead, composed by Chris Madigan. And this track is featured both in the video game Cuphead and also the cartoon Cuphead, the animated series. Um, I, I, what I adore the video game proper, Cuphead the game is, it's one of those games where people go to both for fun and also to like flex their gamer chops because yeah. on normal mode, it's surmountable. And actual nor- the actual gameplay mode is stuff that's not easy mode, though. Oh, forget it. it you're working for those <laughs> ranks. And, and they is punishing. It is times. one of those games that's like it's, it's good to show off with. Like if you're good at that game, if you know it really well. Definitely. I learned it, it that by good. accident, yeah. though. Like I was playing it at a friend's house mm. because they were like talking about how they were stuck on certain bosses. I'm like, well, I, I could play it if you want. Like I wasn't trying to do anything like that. I was just like, I'll help. Sure. And we're playing it. And out of nowhere, people come out of the other room like, oh, my God, he's doing really good at this game. I'm like, I just wanted to help him get past this section of the game. My, uh, but they were, like, calling it show-off <laughs> My mode. brother came to visit me last year um, with his two nieces. Um, they're teenagers now. And she brought her um, Switch. And she's like, oh, let's play Cuphead. Let's play Cuphead. And, and they're just, like, struggling through every stage. And I'm like, this is hard. It's a rough game. And my brother's like, yeah, it's like Contra. You'll never it finish is. it. <laughs> but with this music, though, this track <laughs> plays during one of the more approachable boss fights in the game. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, I don't know if I got the one name right. It's called the Garden Game. What would you say? Chris? It is also one of the first bosses that you can get. It's a little bit of an open space in the beginning, so I think it's three or four different stages you can go to in the beginning, and this is one of them. Yeah, it's like this guy, this group, and there's like the flower I know of. Um, but like this is like three vegetables. Like I said, I don't know what their official name is. I have to call them the Garden Gang. Mm-hmm. So but what vegetables are we talking about here? There's a potato, Okay. there's a carrot, and there's an onion. Oh, that's a good salad right there. No, the heck that it is. That great. One of those ingredients <laughs> does not belong in any salad, and if you know who I am, you know what that ingredient is. It's you, a potato. No, you need a potato <laughs> alone. They're delicious. Onions, but, onions belong in salads. Onions belong in nothing you need but that, the bin. You need that like acidic, like kind of spicy, like crunch. Garbage. So good. A whole lot of it, unless it's powderized, and I'm okay with that. Or in a ring. Yes. Or you can just caramelize it. This is just great. Uh, yeah, exactly. You can just fry it up and then <laughs> you throw it on. <laughs> we started doing that. We started, no, at two, Chris. At two, Chris. We started using kale with caramelized onions, and we'd, um, we would fry up some potatoes, and we would put that on top of the salad. It's amazing. It's amazing. I'll stick with my chili peppers and boot as I can't do onions, baby. Unless it's powdered. <laughs> I can do a powder. Or, or, or sun. No, not sun dry. It was like... It was like that. What? No, green onions. I can do green onions. I'm okay with those. Uh, the scallion. 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 I'm okay with the scallion. scallion. Yeah. But, but we were. But we were talking during the break about the cartoon as well. Um, and Chris and I kind of agreed on the fact that the cartoon itself, it's not anything to write home about, but it does get the atmosphere right. It, it's cool to see the Cuphead characters being animated in the cartoon situations, you know, outside of the structured, there's a boss fight. You should shoot that guy. Now it's, why are they trying to sneak onto the Frog Brothers' boat <laughs> to steal some ice cream? <laughs> That's just something interesting for me to watch. Um, and the fact that they reuse some of the music on the games in the show is fantastic, too. That's great. I, I do like mm-hmm. that. We started um, watching this week in the morning. 
like as I'm getting ready for for work and my son's waking up, we're watching the Muppet Show, like the Muppet movies. Oh, okay. And this music really reminds me of the really early '80s Muppet movies, like the Great Muppet Caper and Muppets Take Manhattan. And every time they get in the car and they go crazy, and it's like, yeah, I love that. And that's exactly what this meant to invoke. Yeah, it's it's a great. It's it's got yeah that that kind of like madcap, crazy, zany, you know puppets dancing around but we got to put chris on the spot i got a question for him okay chris so we're talking about cartoon cartoonized cuphead so obviously we came from different sides of the world here which means we may have been subjected yeah. to different animations but out of just in case there might be some commonality i'm going to ask the question what would you say is one of your two of your favorite cartoons growing up <laughs> Two of my favorite cartoons. De- one of my, my definite ones is Seth M, so Sonic the Hedgehog. All right, coming uh, now. The, the blue streak in there. Yeah. Uh, and my second one uh, is well, it's kind of a, a tie in between uh, Pirates of the Dark Water Ooh. and uh, SWAT Cats. Noise. SWAT ties. Cats. I haven't thought of SWAT Rat. Cats in ages. Yeah. Oh, I used to love that show. And that actually makes me <laughs> that was so good to hear. That music. Was, oh, I used to love that music, man. I'm actually really happy to hear that. I, don't know I, was, why. I, was, I, I like the darker. Noise. Yeah. <laughs> like, I was the expecting him to say something like. Because I don't get wrong, it'd have been interesting. If it was like, oh, here's this cartoon. He's like, I've never heard of it. Tell us more. But the fact that he was like, here are all these cartoons that I love. That we both love and we watched growing up too. It's like, hey, there it is. Commonalities, baby. I like having that. Kind yeah, of thing across happen. across the world, animated cats and um, yeah, animated mon- junkyard and junkyard. Cats. Were they junkyard cats? They were junkyard cats. They literally <laughs> yeah, they ran were. a junkyard. Okay, yeah, I got you. <laughs> if, if I remember correctly now, they were in police force, but then they kind of didn't like that, so they were kind of doing their own thing. So right. they started junkyard because then there they could keep everything hidden. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That's right. They lived in a, mega, is it called Me- Mega Cat City? Mega Cat City. Mega Cat City. Why do I remember yep. that? Which always makes me There's laugh, too. There's a Super Nintendo game for this. That's it's right. There is. And it's only it's ex- US. Of course. <laughs> I always laugh when shows do that kind of thing, right? They're like, like okay, the world t- is, is populated by anthropomorphic cats. They live in a city. What's it called? Mega Cat City. Okay, so are you telling me that yep. every city in this world has something related to cats in the title? How many different cities can you have if every city has the word cat, we live feline, in, or meow in well, it? We, we live in uh, human town. <laughs> human, human bird. Yeah, human yeah, yeah. bird. Homo sapienville. <laughs> just, imagine if that was how it was here. It's like, is every word, every town has to have like human or like, like I don't know, person in it. You know, Wilming person. I don't know. <laughs> Philla Humadelphia. Uh, um, person Delphia. Philla oh, Persinia. I, I don't know. I, something. I know I called out the, the, the tuba at the end of the song, but you'll probably loop, loop back yes. around on this again. The um, the vibraphone in the beginning, like towards the beginning, a little vibraphone solo is excellent. Mm-hmm. Like this whole soundtrack is great. And every once in a while, I keep re listening to some of these songs. And I can hear like different instruments yes. and pick out the different parts that I really, really enjoy. I imagine. I really enjoy the tracks. There's one it's composer amazing. on this. I don't know if, if he played with a bunch of other session artists for the soundtrack or, or if he used software for all the different instruments, but it doesn't sound like software. It sounds it sounds like a full full big band, you know, in a restaurant somewhere, you know, in the 60s. It does. Oh, I guess earlier than the 30s. But I, but I really enjoy the, the, uh, the King Dice track uh, with vocals. Oh! That yeah. one is really good. So with that... And I'm so sad that they didn't use the same uh, singer mm. for the cartoon there. Um, King sing. Dice. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, one last question no, then I'm, in regards to Cuphead. Who's your favorite boss in the game? Do you have one? Uh, I mean... <laughs> 
I, I would say the the first uh, shoot them up uh, with the, with the girl transforming to a moon. Okay, yeah, she's but pretty awesome. On, on, on my, yeah, that that one is pretty funny because I like the animations of, of that level. It's so so many things happening, uh, and it's just co comically fun to play that battle, in my opinion. Yes. Uh, considering me, I haven't I haven't conquered. I'm actually stuck on the last boss battle in the second section. So I'm, I'm stuck on the the dragon. <laughs> oh, that's a, that's a good one to be stuck on because it took me way too long to beat that boss. My advice, yeah. suggestion of a weapon, it may seem off. The lobber. The lobber was how I was able to beat him. The the pink, the, the, the purple gummy shooting. ball thing. Yeah. It, it, that, I, I I used a that. lot of people recommend the boomerang as well. Yeah, the boomerang too. It was like, because you can use the two, you can switch between two different weapons. Mm. I had the boomerang yep. and the lobber. The boomerang you can throw backwards and then they come back at him so you don't have to focus so mm. hard on hitting him directly. And then the lobber is good for when he's like barfing up those when he's like shitting out the little fire people. You can just keep kind of throwing mm. them without being concerned Second about stage. what you're hitting or not. And it's, that was a lifesaver for yeah. me. Um uh, my favorite bosses on the game for the most part are the cast the candy chateau woman. Freaking creepy boss. Mm. Um that, that she is. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. She is really creepy. And then the second one being the cat and mouse. Um, you're inside of like a little mouse hole fighting oh, a, yeah, a right. cartoon cat like Tom and Jerry. Oh, that's cool. And like the final form yeah. of it is the cat dies and you're fighting the ghost oh, of God. the cat. It's so weird. <laughs> that's so morbid. Like the, uh, the, the, you defeat the enemy and like the ghost of the enemy is still coming after it's you. It's total Tom and Jerry, <laughs> man. It's freaking great. But um, you kind of have that early as well when you're meeting that jelly boss. The jelly boss? That, that's giant. Yeah, the rubber boss. In the end, he oh, dies, the and purple ball, the tombstone. Uh, oh, the tombstone. Yeah, right. <laughs> I've seen a lot. Of, I haven't played this game. I've seen a lot of the the, the playthroughs just to see the bosses. I feel like so you'd have a ball yeah. with it. You'd I, have yeah, a ball with yeah, it. yeah. It'd be this be, be my style, but you know, but what the games I'm choosing right now is it's very specific. What I can get into in like 10, 15 minute chunks, even more so now than that than was ever. totally that. I think yeah, just because you basically start up, you walk to a place, and you immediately fight a boss. Like there's no. Okay, I got to build up to this thing, yeah. and then when you're done, you're like, "I'm turning it off for the I'll day." I'll tell you what, I can't get any any runs in Hades finish. You know, I get I get so far through, <laughs> and then I'm like, "I gotta go." <laughs> yeah, that's how, those runs yeah. can take a while. They take a long time. Yeah. All right. So exactly, my first uh, plant track. Um, I don't know why I when we came up with this this topic, I immediately thought of Mokujin from Tekken Three. He's in a couple of few of the Tekken games. He is the um the 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 fighter that's made of wood. Oh, Curly Kevin will appreciate this track yeah, choice. Yeah, um, this is this is uh, from Tekken Three for the Sony PlayStation, composed by Nobuyoshi Sano and Sanoji, which I um, it is a composer. It's just we don't know his real name.
something to mention. We'll bring that up on the show. Too, yeah, no, maybe not. No, no, <laughs> maybe not that part. Okay. Um, we're listening to the theme of Mokujin from Tekken 3 for the Sony PlayStation, composed by Nobuyoshi Sano and Sanoji. This is um, so Mokujin is a interesting character. It's a plant-based character. Plant-based character. So we only, yeah, only plant-based organic. Uh, fighting game characters <laughs> in, our, in our video games. What is that one weird character in Marvel Capcom too? It's like the dancing cactus. Yeah, they're, uh, oh, shoot. Um, Amingo. Amingo, yeah. Amingo, yeah. So he is a, um, there's actually a whole story around Mokujin. You think it would just be like a gimmicky character because when you pick the character, it randomly picks another character and then mimics their moveset. And you don't know until you start playing him. But Mokujin is a, like a, a fighting dummy that was like hit with some mystical fighting power and then brought to life to like defend the forest or something like that. And it's it's got like he's a guy's own ending to the game too. Have you seen this? No, I can't imagine playing oh, the game. I'm assuming his fighting style changes every battle too. It's so cute. It's Mokujin. He he um it's Mokujin and like a little Mokujin like wife. He's got like a little Moku hat on, Jean. and she's like always. She goes na 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 na, and he goes okay, and he goes down to the water. It goes down to the river to get like buckets of water, and as he's coming up back out of the out of the of the river, he sees these two little Mokujin baby kids, and they're playing Tekken Aww. on a big wooden um, like arcade cabinet, <laughs> and and, he's, and he sees him playing, and he goes oh exciting, and so then Mokujin sits down and starts playing Tekken. On the cabinet, and then, oh. then then the wife comes and goes da 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 da, da and like uppercuts him. <laughs> There's Moku Jin, Moku Jean, yeah. Moku Jim, and Moku Joe. <laughs> Moku Joe, Moku Gemma, <laughs> Moku George, <laughs> Moku George. Is, is this their official names or? <laughs> These are the names I'm officially giving Moku Jin and his family. <laughs> this is the, uh, the the Moku Jin, the, the Moku Jin um, the Friday sitcom, Friday night sitcom. <laughs> <laughs> So, so when so, are we getting this show? <laughs> so, so fun thing about this, we were talking about these uh, Bilar candies, which are made to represent cars, and I was asking Chris if there were any other flavors that existed, which led to us talking about a licorice flavor, which then led to him suggesting do not eat too much licorice because apparently licorice is a laxative, which is yes. an interesting coincidence because there was a thing that came up recently for me regarding Haribo gummies. Because I'm a big sucker for Haribo gummies, and my friend, out of genuine concern, mm. warned me of in, against them because he didn't know about something that it was essentially kind of repealed in the states. Mm. But uh, Haribo is a Swedish company, but we import a lot of their candies mm. here. And at one point, Haribo had come up with a sort of like a, it's called a diet gummy bear, but they use a specific chemical for their diet gummies for like a sugar replacement. Okay. That end up being like a hyper laxative, not just a normal <laughs> laxative, hyper laxative. That's, that's not wow. So, so like you wait, go do, to, you, do you think it was an intentional side effect? Like it's a diet, it's supposed to like clear you out, maybe. I'm guessing it was they people knew about they, the scientists probably knew about that side effect, but didn't realize that the, the, the gummy it would be that strong. The Har- <laughs> Har- Haribo gummy scientist, the uh, esteemed art of gummy. Look, I did nine years of medical school to become a Haribo gummy scientist. <laughs> well, you gotta remember that, like all this stuff is all science coming up with these like chemical compounds. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, like, was, Food science is fascinating. Yeah, it's, it's amazing to me, but like. It was if you go on like um was it go on like Amazon right now and look up like some of like their diet Haribo gummies or something, 
you may find people still writing reviews where they was like, I had these and I had an uncontrollable urge to go to the bathroom because of these gummies. <laughs> and then like, I had to go and look into it myself. I was like, okay, yeah, my gummies are safe, friend, so don't worry about it. Apparently, that thing got, they kind of stopped slugging <laughs> those here. So we don't have to worry. All but right. he was legitimately concerned about me hitting his car eating horrible gummies. Oh my gosh. All right, we need to we need to keep this show moving along here. Can we go back to uh, Chris? Chris, well, we, that's why we eat horrible for that. Yeah, so you can uh, keep it going. Keep, keep keep your mouth gummed up. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Chris, it's what's one way? To do you have keep, a second track quiet. for us? <laughs> yes, definitely do. And this is a special one because I actually know the, the person, the composer behind this, and I've actually um, had had an interview with this guy as well. Oh, nice. Sadly on Swedish, so but mo- most likely I will. Get a return on this guy. But uh, yeah, this is from the game Wonderling. Uh, and the track name is Eviltronic Tilt by Oscar Redelius, also known as Rat Vader. And we're back. Yeah. We're, we're listening to music. Um, what, what is that? Oh, that was me. Oh. on the desk. <laughs> I thought my phone was going crazy. <laughs> <laughs> we're listening to music from the game Wonderling. The track is Eviltronic Tilt from Oscar Radilius Rat Vader. Tektronic Panic. This is, this is, I like this. I love the swing to it. It's got a yeah. fun, swingy, beepy sound, which is excellent. Tell, tell us a little bit about Wonderling. It- yeah. So Wonderling is like that one auto-running game where you only use one button in order to do things. Uh, and the thing about Wonderling is, first of all, nobody really knows. Everybody has been on the developers here about, okay, what the hell are you playing in this game? Because it it looks like a fruit in this game. It's like this yellow... like. 
Can it represent a Goomba in this world, I would say? It's this guy that basically goes from left to right, and the hero, which is a carrot in this game, uh, is just jumping on them. So in the beginning, you will start as playing as the hero, the, the, um, the carrot. And when you complete the first game, like a classic Mario game, uh, you're noticing, oh, I'm actually going to play the bad guy in this game. <laughs> so you're playing one of these Goomba characters, <laughs> chasing the hero. <laughs> oh, I like that. So after you play as the hero, which is a carrot, mm -hmm. you start playing like a weird yeah. jelly character who's yeah. chasing it, after It kind of reminds me of, of like a citrus, like a mm. lemon, citrusy fruit. Because it has this like green leaf on top of Oh, I love head. that. I love that. Oh, I should have picked music yeah. from Daddish. Oh, that would have been a yeah, great selection. Yeah, that would have been good. Yeah, Daddish has some excellent music to it. I'm laughing at myself, by it the does. way, how, like, on the break we were discussing how I'd heard of this game, and I was like, you know, I've yeah, been interested in this game, but I put it on a wish list to buy it later. No, yeah. I didn't. I bought yeah. it. You bought it. Of course it's you bought it. It's on my Steam <laughs> library. I own Wonderland But you say it's a, it's a one-button thing. So this is this on mobile yeah. as well? Is something I can just pick up on my uh, phone? No, no. no. It, 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 no, it is only on, on PC. Oh. Uh, and the, the thing is, it, it is one button, but it, they kind of twisted the, the system of everything. So you will kind of get power-ups and so on in this game. Uh, so you will learn to fly. You will be able to, to do this and do that. It's just so many different things in this mm. game. That's cool. Uh, I'm also going to speculate... One thing that I... No, I was going to yep, say, no. I, I also speculate there's like parts in this game where, like, say, for example, the typical tra traditional things, like you're just running right and you're jumping here and there, but... There might be times where, like, running right will get you killed, so you have to find a place to be able to jump and bounce backwards to avoid being killed mm. by what's going in front of you on the right-hand side. So, like, I think uh, like Mario Run did something like this, too, where it's like, okay, it's not simply running right and dodging yeah. things. Sometimes you got to double back, because mm -hmm. if you don't, you'll die by what's yes. coming ahead. So it is a large puzzle game. You're, you're supposed to kind of figure out the, the optimal way in order to collect everything or to find secrets in this game. And of course, some of these secrets are very hidden, but you will notice when you completed it that, hey, there's a secret in this world as well. Um, and and when, when you're playing this, there's only another twist to it as well. You will walk around and collect these flower buds. Uh, and as you collect them, you kind of prolong your life because your character has a lifespan. Uh, so you can't oh. run back and forth for all eternity. So you need to figure out the optimal path in order to get stuff. So it's like those games where you have to find like the clocks to keep the clock from going under zero. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Correct. I can appreciate but that. But it, it, it's definitely a good game. A lot of humor in this game. It's simply done. And in the end, it's just a great game to recommend to people that just want something simpler to play, in my opinion. Well, I like games that have a, uh, a lot of humor injected into it, too. Or, like, yeah. you wouldn't expect it, also. I, I always really do appreciate that. And I like... So the, side, like the, the kind of side characters you have is a cow and you have this witch. A cow and a witch. <laughs> and a hilarious. cow, a witch, and a carrot, and a weird fruit thing. Walking <laughs> to a bar. I yeah. love it. That already sounds like a joke, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, I do, like... For as much as I can agree to enjoying you know, bits of complexity in my games, there's also something to be said about a game where... They narrow all the controls down to a, a few to one scant button, but say just because we mm. did that doesn't make the game easy. We created challenges yeah. built around one button, so you're still going to work for that win. Oh yeah, it's just you can't blame Definitely. the controls when it goes wrong. <laughs> I know. I the, the, I just got the DLC for Vampire Survivors, and I'm like, oh, this game is controls are <laughs> extremely simple, but it is not simple at all. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs>
Um, okay. Hectic. That's what it is. It is very hectic. But one thing I want to, to name before we kind of move on yes. uh, on anything. Uh, so considering the soundtrack for Wunderling, and this is something fun for everybody to know, in my opinion, um, Oscar actually implemented uh, a section in each and every song that is that he liked so much that he implemented it into every song of the oh, soundtrack. Like a little... Uh, and we're soon getting to it in the background. A light motif. Oh, yeah, we're listening to it now live, so... Yeah. I'm going to turn it up a little bit. Here we go. So it should come now if I remember correctly. This one. This is the part. You will hear, hear this one in every song, but in different versions. It does have like it a... It's so fucking... It's super vibey. I love it. It's it's so much... It's so much... It's such, it's such more... It's such a lighter sound yeah. in the rest of the song, which is so cute. Exactly. But this one, this electronic, uh, Eviltronic Tilt is kind of used uh, during uh, a darker boss battle section. Mm -hmm. So it kind of comes forth like this This mel melody that comes in there is kind of the hero's tune to come uh, in. And like, oh, yeah, I love do that. It. Oh, I love that. Yeah. yeah. It's the, the theme of the hero. So it kind of gets you motivated. Yes. So Pernell is that into all I don't know if you can see yeah, him on the camera. Grooving. He is... <laughs> I can definitely see him on my end. I don't know if this is, is going to be his workout not good music. For the, oh, it could be. It could be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, um, and also as a as a last thing, uh, this game was developed by uh, Retroid, now known as Bitwave Games, which recently released the Toa Plant collection that includes the the Outzone, Zero Wing, and the Twin Cobra. Okay. So it's just name that again. So I'm gonna look that up. Uh, is that Bitwave bit Games? Oh no, the collection. You said it was called something. Oh, uh, Toa Plan. Oh, the, the Toa Plant, the, the, the shooters. Toa oh, Toho Plant. Yeah, I thought yeah. I, uh, Toa Plant. I think I, th I was like, you Toa. did say Zero Wing, right? Yeah, yeah. That's that's cool. Yeah. All your base are belong to us. It's <laughs> <laughs> okay. a good one. That's a good, good game. pretty excellent, though. Um, okay, Pernod, yeah. we are on to your second track. All right. So in that case, my next track is going to come from a game that I mentioned some years ago on this very show as a very, very addictive product. Um, this comes from the game Plantera. And the track title is called Farming On Forever, composed by Jesse Valentine.
Welcome back. You're listening to Farming On Forever from the game Plantera, composed by Jesse Valentine. And if you're like me and decide to try this game out, you will be Farming On Forever, and therefore hearing this track, Farming On Forever, damn near forever, if not for a very long time. This game is addictive, yet simple, yet endearing. And all you are doing is growing plants with little blue men, harvesting the plants, taking the proceeds to plant more plants, to hire more blue men, to get more crops, to harvest the crops, to get more blue men, to knock down moles, now, to shoot down birds. Parnell, <laughs> <laughs> would you would you would you say this is like a, a like one of those kind of send games where you can actually take a little bit of your time and enjoy what you're doing? Absolutely. Or is it more of just a work? It's absolutely zen. That's why I was able to click like because like basically this was years ago. I got my from my I do the SML and Joe was like, hey Parnell, do you want to review this game called Plantera? And I looked at the screen. I was like, that's a clicker game. I don't play clicker games. This is stupid. I'm not touching it. <laughs> and he's like, oh, at the time, it was like we weren't getting a lot of games coming in. So we need some content for next week. Come on, help us out. I'm like, okay, fine, fine, fine. I'll, I'll do the game. And then I booted it up. I'm like, okay, I'm going to click the button to hire the little blue man. And then I planted the plant. And look, oh, the tree grew. Okay, okay, I got oranges. I'm going to sell the oranges. And I just kept going. The loop maintained. And next thing I knew, hours had gone by. Not even exaggerating the hours part. <laughs> and I was just still playing this game. And I didn't, I had to mentally tell myself, you need to stop right now. Because if I didn't, I would have probably kept going. There's no end. It doesn't stop. And I wonder if they've added more oh content I last played it. But it's a. Uh... The studio has a lot of games under its belt. I mean, this. this Is this Radaleka, okay. though? Yes. Yeah, Radaleka yeah, does Holy a ridiculous smokes. amount of games. Like. They, I don't even know how to explain that company. They dump, they have like four games a week. It feels like <laughs> Rattalaka Games. They, so they, they're basically, they're basically working casual wise then, because that that is something you can usually see within a mobile market, for example, working on easy games that they can just publish really quickly and so on. Yeah, and it's something like I've, mainly to kind of get into a good standard per- portfolio. I think it's a combination of that, the- but they also tend to like gravitate towards like I guess like younger like new developers and say, "Hey, uh mm. we are willing to put some money behind your game because we can sell it at a low co- a low price point and we are confident enough in it to get some money." But every once in a while I'll come up with some other games like Rob Asti has a few on the screen right now where when they first started releasing them, I was shocked. Yeah, um, they, they did mm. some um it looks like they did some emulation ports. Yes. For Moto Rotor, for the um, PC Engine, they did Glay Lancer. Mm-hmm. Now, Mo- now, let's get good. Real quick, the Moto Rotor is a weird one. So, for those who are fans of the Turbo Graphics 16, Moto Rotor was one of those racing games where the screen kind of scrolled, and if your car fell off the back, it got warped forward. But Moto Rotor MC was like a remote, like a, like a tiny, like RC car oh, racing game. Oh, Mimote Control. The <laughs> the, it, the 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 style looks a lot like the Micro Machines game for the yes. NES, which I really enjoyed Ooh. that. It's pretty fun. It is a fun game. But coming at it, having like, oh wow, Moto Rotor's back. I was like, this isn't Moto Rotor. What is this? But once I was <laughs> able to not think about Moto Rotor and just play it for what it was, I had a lot of fun with it. Yeah. Oh, wow. This is really cool. We'll have links to. I want to put links to this on um, the studio's uh, website on our. Um, the show notes because there's so many games to, to look at and Pantera looks adorable and if you're Electric Boogaloo you know about yeah. Glade Lancer and Avenging Spirit oh, yeah. <laughs> so, so Glade Lancer's classic um, yes. alright 
So my my uh, my second track is coming from a game that I have played the heck out of. It's Spiritfarer. Um, I it's called the Song of Growth. It's um, kind of an in-game song um, that's like uh, an event to make your plants grow a little bit faster. Um, and it makes me so sad every time I hear it. This is Spiritfarer. The artist is Max LL. This is the Song of Growth. That was the song of growth from Spirit Fair. That was by Max LL. Um, so in the game, you have a you have uh, multiple gardens that you can grow things. It's it's a lot of crafting in this game. And there's a character, one of the first characters you get on the boat. Her name is Summer, mm-hmm. and she is a snake. And Summer she, snake. Summer snake. And um and she has like a little cloak on, and she plays the sitar, and she's obsessed with plants. And she teaches you a song you can play on your guitar to make the plants grow more. And it's like a little, um, like little, like mini rhythm game that you can play. Which on our, we played this game twice. So the first playthrough, it goes through this little mini game, and then it's over. And I was like, oh, that's cute. But I never saw it again. Mm-hmm. Apparently, you can do it anytime you wanted to speed the game up. <laughs> huh, so the next time, it made the game more efficient. <laughs> yeah, much more efficient. But he heard the song over and over and over again. Um, and I, we we didn't we I forgot her name was Summer. We called her because she, the the character it's a snake, but it's actually the main character's aunt. Or huh. aunt's aunt's wife, or aunt's girlfriend, and um, so we called her Aunt Hiss. Oh, and she was great. I loved her so much. And every once in a while, she, her, she had an event where a large dragon would come, and eventually, you would learn that that was that was the metaphor for her breast cancer. The dragon. The was? dragon was. Yeah, yeah. Wow, it's really mm. good. It's really really good. So she, yeah, it's when she left, it was so so sad. So her her playing this when the sitar comes up in the song, that's her playing with you. And you, and you keep hearing it every time you do this. So even though she's gone and like moved on to the other she's side, still you, with you. you hear the sitar and you're like, oh, that's so nice. She's mm. still here yeah. with us. Uh, it's, I, I love this game so much. And, um, but yeah, it's, it it's, is beautiful interacting with the characters on your boat. I just love walking around, feeding them, yeah. giving them hugs, it's, especially that frog character. He, he gets so happy when you oh, hug the, him. Oh, the frog I loves love that. My, my favorite is there's um, like a, he looks like a bird and he's so like, I don't know. There's something about his personality. He doesn't like hugs all the time. So when you can get a yeah. hug on him, he, it's so nice. 
But most of the time he's like, no, 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 not right now, not right now. No, 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 too many people around. No, no, it's fine. Don't worry about it. And then you get a hug and you're like, oh, yeah. <laughs> There's one character who um, you, if you go for a hug, you make them matter. You can't hug they them. They don't at like all. hugs. They don't yeah. want to hug. They're super particular, and it's like it's, it's like a puzzle game. Getting to know these characters. Yeah, so it's a, that, that's just super fun. But it's yeah, it's very much like a puzzle. But you also learn like the the the, the like like their per, that makes their personalities well, more r- more real, more real. Yeah. There are they are based on real people. And there's also something to be said about the fact yes. that in a lot of games, hugs would just be like a thing you do to raise affinity with characters, mm-hmm. like just a flat statement. Yeah. Whereas in this game, it's kind of like what Chris was saying, where it was like. Whereas normally it's like anybody takes hugs and they all get raised up. It's like, nah, you kind of have to know who you're dealing with because if you don't, well, mm. it's not so simple as just mash the mash the affinity button. It's like, no, this character likes hugs. This character likes food. This yeah. character likes music. Well, they almost all like food. They all like specific types of food. Yeah. Like like um, like uh, the one they have only- dislikes and what they love. Yeah. Someone like, oh, I only like really simple food like rice and this and that. Someone's like, oh, I only like pub food because like, and it makes, starts to make sense because it was in, in their, 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 their living life and mm-hmm. their previous life. It's what mm-hmm. they loved. And so now in the afterlife, you're trying to like kind of give them and evoke those memories so that they can kind of remember what, who they were before moving on. Does the game kind of give you like a sort of a log that you can maintain where like later on you can just go back and like refresh like what was this character like and they kind of collect some information I on think, I think so. I th- I'm, I'm sure there is. I didn't look at it that much. I, I just experienced it. I don't it. remember having so if somebody passed on I don't think you have the information of them anymore because when is, you interact with them you will have that menu. There is a room that you can go to that you can build that has like um like a little projector, mm-hmm. and I think you, you can just replay certain oh, yeah. events and replay some music. There's like a lounge you can play some of the that music That would be good, well. yeah. Because I feel like that's yeah. the kind of game where I feel like you, I didn't like really you experience use it, it firsthand. It. <laughs> yeah. You're just like, maybe I want to go back and look up some of my highlight memories from Aunt Hiss, as you said. Yeah. And like, oh, I remember when we did the thing with her there. That was great. <laughs> You know? Well, after a while, because like the the if you progress their stories and like give them what they want and follow like their quest line, they eventually do move on. Yeah. And once you realize that and you start to like these characters, you stop doing their quests and you just keep them on the boat and yeah. do other people's quests. <laughs> and that's I feel like that's why like things like those weird like those memorials or like the video reel that you're describing. That's the concept that I'd be like. She's gone, but she's never really gone because right. if I ever want to relive, I got my photo album here and I can just relive the highlights. Mm of what we experienced together on the boat. You know? Yeah. I, I like that too. I like the feeling that, yeah, that, that their life, their life, their, their experiences continue on, on the boat. Yeah. 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 Mm. What were you guys so con- considering this, Rob, you, 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 you've played a lot of this game. I know that yeah. for a fact. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, so con- consider, considering what you experienced with this game, what, what would you say was the most impactful moment for you playing this game? Uh, Cause I know it's a large, a lot of difference for everybody. Yeah, I think the the most uh, I, it was the ending. the The ending it it felt because mm. it, it wasn't a surprise, like it was it was telegraphed a mile away. You could see it coming, but it mm-hmm. didn't make it any easier. You know, that's that that goes to show you what a good ending can be. Like when people like to make comments, which you're not doing it here, by the way. Mm-hmm. Even if you were to say I've spoiled this for somebody, it's almost like saying the ending being spoiled doesn't even ruin it <laughs> because it's. We all knew yeah. this was going to happen, yeah. but seeing it happen <laughs> is what makes it special. Also, it, it does this thing that I, I mm. really love in video games where it doesn't spell everything out clearly. You know, like you don't know mm. what the main character's background is in, in, the, in the world. You don't know who all of these characters truly were in relationship to her until much, much later on. And it, it doesn't even, it doesn't tell mm. you like mm. this person was your uncle, this person was this or that. Like you just, 
you slowly learn these stories and they never fully spell it out for you. And I really enjoy games that allow mm. you to create those connections in your head because everyone kind of creates their own um, experiences with these games. And just to make sure, too. Like Tunic did that The characters well. themselves don't know this either, right? Like the frog's not talking like, hi, niece, what are you doing on the boat? I think the frog does. I think the frog knows. That. And some of them do. But like yeah. the, 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 the bird, he's like an engineer, you know, and, and, and like a decorator. Like, I don't know. I'm not sure how you really know that guy. But like they're all part of mm. her life somehow. Oh, okay. And it's important to know yeah. that because she's the doing the journey. Mm-hmm. And I will agree with Chris, like the, the crafting and the traveling, it takes a lot of the game. And by the end of it, it's it's kind yeah. of it's a little tedious where it kind of gets in the way of the storytelling. Like I want to hear yeah. more about the characters. I don't feel like making the rice. Yeah, I know. There's a lot. Exactly. I, I don't have to pulverize the rock to do this, to make the logs, to make the logs, to make the thing, and then I can get off the island, you know. It's just, <laughs> it just keeps don't going. Don't forget this mana game you need to play for this. Yeah. Oh, you need to travel around the world in order to get this resource. So it's, it's not for everybody, but I really, I, no. if you're looking for something similar and easy, easygoing, this is the game, mm. the easygoing game about death. Right, um, so we're going to turn this track down, and we're getting to the part of the show we call the bonus round. Bonus round is time to start. Daniel's Rob to announce the part. <laughs> <laughs> I like that one. I like when my name's in it. Um, the bonus <laughs> rounds where we play covers, remixes, and arrangements on our theme. Chris, I mean, do you get a yes. chance to play a lot of like covers and arrangements on your on your show at all? I, I love remixes. I, I try to, to do it once in a while. I try to focus basically in my show on the less listened because everybody else is playing like the famous music from, from video games. Mm-hmm. Uh, and once in a while, I like to pick up one of my favorites when it comes to, to remixes. And this track we're going to listen to today is actually a song I listened to back in the day when it was released, and I loved it. So I'm definitely going to bring some more rock into this. Uh, salad. <laughs> <laughs> salad. Thank you for bringing it back. Uh, so yeah, this was interesting when I was when I was um, looking up uh, uh, the information on this one. But this is um, hmm? Laura Shigihara, the composer of Plants vs Zombies, but covered by a group called Dungeon Elite, right? Yes. Yes. Correct. Um, and this is the song "Zombies on Your Lawn." <laughs> zombies oh, on your lawn. There's a but, zombie. Which is funny. Is I, I thought Dun- Dungeon Elite sounded like a game, so I thought the game was Dungeon Elite. And that the the band was called <laughs> Zombies on Your Lawn, but Dungeon Elite. Yeah. And to, for you, in <laughs> case you don't remember, so this was when we did the parody for uh for uh, XVGM Radio. We were doing like the episode with them. Mm-hmm. This is the composer that was like, be like, oh, I love Lars Shiggy Hart. She's the best. Oh, that's right. Oh yeah, yeah. You were like the crazy. <laughs> you loved her so much. Like Shiggy baby, Shiggy baby. <laughs> <laughs> There's a zombie on your lawn. There's a zombie on your lawn. 
That was amazing. Not, I mean, <laughs> unexpected and awesome. Chris, you're more, you're more than welcome. I like I like surprising my audience. I love right before we started the track, I was joking about. I wonder how this would sound if she did like a screamo version of her own song or something. And he's like, well, actually, well, actually, he should just just, just start coming, the track. It's coming up. <laughs> start the track. Um, what, do, you, do you do you know Dungeon Elite the group, Chris? Uh, I actually read up a little bit on this. Uh, the the group has actually split, but this oh. group was uh, Italian based from Roma and mm. uh, consisting of three members: Fada, who basically does the screaming part of this in the zombies. Uh, we have Becco on synthesizers and vocals, and lastly Maya, who was singing the vocals to the, the girl. Um, and they describe their music style as techno, grindcore, and emot- uh, emotronic. Emotronic. <laughs> emotronic. <laughs> Emotronic. Emotronic. Uh, yeah. And that basically is related to old Nintendo sounds and hardcore rock God, along God. with female vocals. <laughs> but That's the band something. is no more. They, they've they been around all, all around to 2015. And today the band only consists of Fada and another new member called Morden. Hmm. Well, at so least they're still the producing on, in some capacity, this. at least. Just sad that it's not the full ensemble anymore. I mean, you know, sub- the people, yeah. our, our artists have to change themselves, you know? So I always appreciate when, like, they move on to do their different things and... Spread their wings mm. and fly. Spread their wings, yeah. Or, or just go <laughs> in different directions. But this that was crazy yeah. for them to but be I'm like... I'm super happy that you enjoyed this. Yeah, I enjoyed that a lot. It's, it's, it's not that often that you hear something that is kind of nice, mellow, like the original song, Zombies on Your Lawn, which is the end song of the game, Plant vs. Zombies, to get to this, like, hardcore screaming. <laughs> it is very surprising, but for yeah. some reason, it, it fits very well. I know it works, and I was asking you kind of mentally, like, laughing when the guy starts screaming the zombie, because I remember in the original song, he goes, we are the undead. And then he's like, yeah. It's like, okay, then. Very different tone, <laughs> yeah. but I am happy with this. Extremely different sound. All right, Pernell, you've got something a little more in your, uh, maybe in your wheelhouse, right? Absolutely do. So the reason why I even found this track is because I was looking for the previous track and I couldn't find it, but instead I came across this from a game I've never played, which prompted me to look up the game itself to see if this track truly fit the show. And it does, so we're going with it. This comes from the game Terraria, and the track title is called The Plantera Theme, the intense symphonic metal cover done by a couple uh, com- or artists that I've put on the show multiple times at this point named Falcone.
Ooh. Welcome back. You just listened to the Plantera Intense Symphonic Metal cover from the game Terraria, Terraria. covered by Falcone. And uh, yeah, surprisingly, this track, while not this heavy in the game, is actually fairly heavy for the game Terraria. Now, I hadn't personally played this game before. I'm familiar with it. And due to me looking into this game to see if this track was fitting for the show, I came across what Plantera was, which is actually a boss fight within the game that you come across where it's just like a plant pod that kind of travels by using its vines to grab the walls and stretch itself around. Yeah, yeah. when I was searching for Plantera, the game, I kept finding Plantera, the boss from Terraria yeah, <laughs> in the I'm, Google results. Because apparently this is a very popular track and this is a very popular boss. But the weird part about it is, mm-hmm. I think it stems from having not personally gotten to the game, is the fact that the boss fight just seemed kind of like, Ow. I can't get excited for this. But I also would guess... That if you were playing the game and you were understanding of the mechanics for the game and what it takes to do mm. the things that you're doing, it's probably like, oh, crap, this boss is hard because <laughs> i got to keep dodging. But the game is not really <laughs> built for, like, manic gameplay. Yeah, it's, you know? it's built for just building things and scrolling around. Yeah. Yeah. All but, right, like, I do want to play yeah. this, though. I, I'm going to probably buy it this week. We'll see. Don't buy it. <laughs> it's gonna be one. Of the, it's two years from now. You're gonna be like, oh, there, there it is. I have, a, I have a stack. Right probably, there. You probably already have it. No, no, not that. This game, I don't. This game, I don't. Um, all right. So my next track is in. Um, you know, just so we can all remember my favorite low tier Marvel versus Capcom two character, the Fighting Cactus. Oh, it is him, Amingo. It is Amingo. <laughs> That's a callback that was already in the wings. Doesn't have his own track, but we do have some fantastic music from Marvel vs. Capcom 2. This is the River Stage music. It's a remix composed by Tetsuya Shibata, Mitsuhiko Takano. This remix is by Lucky Rick. Fighting. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody was fighting gaming. This was uh, the River Stage Remix, Marvel Capcom 2. 
Tetsuya Shibata, Mitsukiko Takano, remixed by Lucky Rick. Kind of a, not really a remix, but more of like a, uh, a rearrangement of, of the tune. And we were talking about like it's how like we a can, remaster almost. Yeah, almost a remaster. Yeah. The, 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 <laughs> we were talking about how like when this game came out, people were upset. Some, a lot of gamers were upset about the music because it was very like soft jazz. Yeah. Like it, what, it didn't feel fitting really, for yeah. a fighting game. But the odd thing about it is you oh, it fast works. forward to the present. It works. And it's so one well. of the most yeah. iconic ones. Yeah. And it works. Like for the Skullgirls. Three on three, yeah. Skullgirls is a great example. Yeah, um, but like a lot of brass. But people complain about this stuff all the time. Like when Third Strike came out, people were like, "Oh, rap music in my fighting game—that's terrible." No, we need like a theme. Like we need like, a, like the Ryu theme and the Chun Li theme. My name is Ryu, and I'm here to say I'm going to the Hadoukens in a major way. And we're coming we're up and down, going to quarter circle punch. <laughs> now that is probably the best rap music. That. Why aren't you in Street Fighter Six? <laughs> street Fighter Six has got like a whole like kind of street urban theme. Urban street urban theme. <laughs> Come on, I got Kimberly's OST theme right here. Yeah. And you know, I'm like, you're gonna be like, oh, uh, my name is Ryu, and I'm gonna punch you. <laughs> you got the use. Uh, I'm just, I'm just hoping we will be getting a new indestructible. I, you know, not, it was, people Very made a lot of jokes about punchable. that. But like, I look back to like, it. it's a good song. It's it a is. really good song. Yeah, I, it is. Street Fighter like Four it. was the first Street Fighter game I purchased since like freaking Alpha Three. Yeah. And the it's only the second I'd ever purchased, and I remember bopping the indestructible like yeah, in my house, like in. But again, yeah. fighting game players complaining about the music, they complained about that. But the rest, <laughs> I mean, not much so much about the rest of the music in the game, just like that. That was like the weird boy band like intro. But it's listening back on it, yeah. it's a solid song. I mean, some respects, I kind of get the general. Is really good. It's very good. Very like good. I well, do kind of get yeah. the concern or the issue though, but it becomes unfounded once you get used to it, which is that. Uh, I think of a, it's almost like when I always talk about games where I want the tempo to be up to get me into the action mm. of the game I'm playing. So if a fighting game is happening, my general thought is I need like a Guilty Gear OST, something that gets you pumped, you know, because I'm, I'm literally going up there beating the snot out of people match nah. after match. So to be like, I won't let you uh, go. These fighting game players, Punch. especially the ones who play like professionally or they go to <laughs> tournament, they, they play so much that I guarantee half of them just have the, the music just turned off because you've heard it so many times. You're listening to a yeah. podcast. I can see <laughs> You're that. You're listening to Rhythm and Pixels. Rhythm and Pixels. Um, all right. So for more information on the bonus <laughs> round, you can go to rhythmandpixels.com. We'll have links to the SoundClouds, Bandcamps, SoundClamps, st- um, Studio, Audio, things from Apple Music. All the links to go. you can go to download, buy the music, support these artists. All right, thank you everybody for joining us on episode 36-3 of Rhythm and Pixels. This is Plants with Chris. <laughs> Chris. It was an honor joining in. There's <laughs> a shandstrom on our show. Yeah. Chris from Gameable Audio, VGM Podcast. Thank you very, very much for joining us, hanging out, and just putting up with us for a good past two hours. It's really been fun, Definitely. too. <laughs> like, because like, we've I, been... I've, I've been looking forward to this so oh, for so long. Good, good, uh, yeah. So. I, I did let this Discord chat die for about a month. <laughs> Baby time with you and all. Like, for me, I'm like... Like, we chat with, like, Chris through, like, Discord often, and he's been one... I would say, I might be misremembering, <laughs> but you were probably one of our earliest supporters, too. Um, and you, I was I was quite early. Yeah, and you've always been around and been cool. And then when we finally got the Discord running, 
we were actually able to communicate and yeah. just talk game. And once you start doing gameable audio, yeah. you were more into the community talking too. Yeah. As the kids say, yeah. he's a he's a real one. He's a real. One. Oh, geez. <laughs> no cap. <laughs> no cap. He's a real one. For real. For real. <laughs> Oh man! But yeah, we are glad I'm that indestructible. <laughs> indestructible. He is indestructible. You are indestructible. Uh, but uh, uh, repeat to our listeners again the name of your show and where they can find you and your work. Yes, for me, uh, Gameable Audio is a video game music podcast where I put the composers in the uh, in the spotlight, and you will be able to find Gameable Audio uh, basically anywhere where you can find a podcast, uh, even on Spotify. Uh, so yeah, and uh, I usually post my. Uh, all my episodes on videospaceclubben.sc, uh, which is the main page where I'm hanging out, the community that mm. releases a lot of different podcasts. But mainly all the podcasts are in Swedish, except mine, and I think there's like two other podcasts. <laughs> well, we uh, we English speakers always appreciate other other, other English speakers, part, especially when we're listening to a podcast. Exactly. Uh, but no, that's it's way that, easier. Yeah, a little easier for us. Um, so yeah, thank you very much for again for joining us. But if you'd like. You, the listener, would like to um, find out more about our show, get a full track listing from this episode, and get access to all of our episodes, please go to the website, rhythmandpixels.com. And for um, if you want to talk to us, if you want to send us a track suggestion, a topic suggestion, or if you're uh, if you're in a band or if you're a remix artist and you want to uh, let us know about your music, let us know. Send us an email. Rhythmandpixels at hotmail.com. Uh, we also have a 24-7 YouTube station playing 8-bit and 16-bit classics and deep cuts at youtube.com slash rhythmandpixels. And if you want to support us, uh, please just tell people about the show. That'd be fantastic. And if you can somehow get Anamanaguchi to come on our show, that'd be even better. That'd be really cool, actually. I wouldn't mind that. Uh, that, have, that have you be, tried contacting that'd be a nice. We time. haven't, but we should. No, but we, we will. We will. Um, it's getting guests Definitely on. Definitely should, then. It's, scheduling guests right now for me is difficult. And and um, I think I going into this little um, endeavor, uh, my wife and I, I was like, I am um, not going to have guests for a while. And we've had what, two guests since and we got <laughs> we got another one like in the wings right now. Uh, yeah, so it's uh, I'm going to try to I'm going to try to just pace them out. I mean it, it, it is a honest thing of giving and receiving. So you're getting some time to get the guests on and you will give time back to the baby. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, tenfold. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and then one thing exactly. I thought about too was just the idea that let's say for example it comes to the point where it's like, okay, crap, this is how it played out, where it's like, guest here, and then a guest here, which falls outside the normal regimen. It can mm. be like, well, the episodes are primed, but we don't have to release them immediately. No, we no, Just parse no. it out. The, like, the, well, release, the, the release schedule isn't the problem. It's the, um, I don't know what he's calling it. The release schedule isn't the problem. Uh, the problem is the recording schedule. <laughs> That's yeah. no, not an issue. Um, anyway, uh, you can also support us by going to Patreon. Patreon.com slash Rhythm and Pixels. As a member there at all levels, you get access to um, live streamed episodes that we do once a month. Um, I think we're a little bit late on that for March, but we'll get on to that. We also get cool stuff like stickers and mugs and exclusive t-shirts. And you get all that there at our Patreon. Patreon.com slash Rhythm and Pixels. At the end of every episode, we like to thank all of our members who are at the highest tiers. So we'd first like to thank Brooke and Corey Clark and Khalid. Three of you, thank you very, very much uh, for continuing your support of us. We also want to thank Kristen, GamePan44, Martyrus, host of the ReVGM podcast, Mike Myers, Vashon8060, Super Game Station, www.supergamestation.com, uh, Antmaster, Brian Pitt, Cameron Werma, Carlos, Kung Fu Carlito, host of the Heroes 3 podcast, a podcast about Asian cinema and Kung Fu movies. Uh, Chris Wisner, a.k.a. Musashi219. The wise guy. Christopher Sendstrom, hope, uh, home. Woo! 
host of Game Audio uh, Podcast. Um, thank you, Chuck Kowalski, David Cakes, David Good, David Taylor, Enchilada Brigol, Harold Howard, Triple Jeff. We just called. Did we just start calling him Triple Jeff? Jeez, the Tri Jeff. Tri Jeff. I, I don't even know where that name came from anymore. Uh, Justin Schneider, host of XVGM Radio. Keith Shusterman, Michael Bridgewater, Rage Cage, host of the VG Emporium podcast. Reinhard Silkova, Romancing Sagat, Sleepy Smart, Steve Miller, Taco, Zach Thornbach. All of you, thank you very much, and many, many more for supporting our show. We truly truly appreciate everything that we, you do for us we really really do especially in recent changes you guys have been like we're still good with you yeah. and we hope you still enjoy the show and thanks for hanging out with yeah us. Our, our release schedule is just um just uh, a little bit longer than it was before um but i just did not want to i did not want to take a hiatus i just kind of wanted to just stretch it out a little bit yeah i can dig that yeah, yeah and we'll be back we'll be back into weeklies soon enough and i gotta say though mm-hmm. the one the one well the second benefit because obviously the main benefit is you can spend more time with your family right the other benefit is oddly enough having a two-week windows of a one week makes choosing tracks so much easier a little bit yeah we have a little bit more time to, <laughs> to put things together for a show that is absolutely true and it makes also us addictives who really enjoys your podcast Aww. more like oh they're, they're releasing an episode now <laughs> inject gives you gives you time to for me I, I like for these podcasts i do enjoy other video game music podcasts and uh, a lot of them are an hour and a half to two hours long and i can't listen to them before the next like completely until the next episode comes out so i'm always falling behind so i'm like oh well maybe people can actually finish our episodes there's one person who's on our discord who's trying to catch up to That's all of furry. our episodes uh, the fro the f u r yeah f r u r r y nick nick frury nick frury nick frury but he's been on fire and i'm like oh okay he, i'm not gonna let him catch up we're gonna do double episodes a week <laughs> but instead we uh we do he outpaced you he outpaced you caught up finally caught up with us uh, but anyway thank you all so much for listening to our show um thank you again chris for joining us today we truly appreciate it it was a lot thank of fun and i'm glad we were able to discuss some delicious cartoons yeah, and yeah. Candies. talk cartoons talk some candy delicious talk some cartoons. music <laughs> and um, thank you very much for listening um we'll see you next episode this has been rhythm and pixels my name is rob nichols and i'm pernell have a great week and remember you don't need to have a green thumb to be a fan of botany or plant you know preservation um quite frankly there is a plant for anybody. Like if you're the type that sucks at watering your plants, there are plants for that. If you're someone who doesn't get a lot of sun in your home, there's a plant for that. If you love being outside, well, you bet your sweet bippy, there's tons of plants for that. But the point is, taking care of plants is known to do a wonder on your mental state, your psyche, and it just feels good to be taking care of a thing and seeing your efforts bear fruit, so to speak. So... It's just worth saying, don't discount the effects, the positive benefits of plant rearing. Look into your, you know, look into getting a plant today. I don't know. Have a good night.
Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.